John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica, Ed. This is the High Gain Podcast. The High Gain Podcast, Ed. What do we talk about? We talk about guitars, guitars, and guitars. That's a good-looking guitar you've got right now. I think it is, yes. Big block inlays. I'm into it. Yeah. Where are we? We are in beautiful West Seattle, Ed. In a basement? In a basement. Yep. It's kind of rainy today. We're back to rainy town. Yeah, I guess we didn't last too long. Mm, you know, it can't be summer all summer. Not in Seattle. Did summer just start? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. Hey, you know, people, write in, let us know. What season is it? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah, help us out, you know. Yeah. I'm in a basement. How am I going to know that? Right. What do you think of that? I like it a lot. Maybe it's the headstock? I could see it being like an 80s guitar, but it's not. This is from the land of 1963. Peak baby boomer. You might not have heard much about this, Ed. No. But today we're starting out in New Jersey. <laughs> okay. But that is not where we're going to end up. No? We're going to go pretty far afield. Yeah. It is a night. My body's weak. Beverages. Beverages, Ed. Of course I know the song. I just, who is it? Do you know the name of the song? Is it Ride Like the Wind? It is Ride Like the Wind. 70s, like, I just can't, I, I don't know. 
That is uh, our good friend Christopher Cross. It's Yacht Rock. Straight up pure Yacht Rock, right? Yeah. None more yachty than Chris Cross? I think that's true. If we're in the future time, you probably heard those background vocals. Exactly. That falsetto-y, much more high. Yeah, that's Michael McDonald from the Doobie Brothers. Again, none more yachty. There's a podcast out there, not the High Game Podcast, devoted to Yacht Rock. There's a Spotify playlist that was made by Questlove. Oh, yeah? Of Yacht Rock stuff? That's all Yacht Rock. Yeah. Sometimes when we do those road trips to Palm Springs, you just throw on the Yacht Rock radio. It's great. It's perfect road trip music. And you know Christopher Cross? Yeah. No slouch. Sure. In 1981, he was the first artist ever yeah to sweep all the categories at the grammys in 1981 yes album of the year okay song of the year yep best new artist whoa and it didn't happen again until just last year somebody swept all the categories do you remember who it might have been phoebe bridgers billy eilish oh 2020 she swept that's great we got to pour a beverage out a little bit for Christopher Cross. Yeah. Fortunately, he's still with us. Okay. But our man got him the COVID. Mm. And you know how it triggers different effects throughout your body for different people? Yeah. It triggered Guillain-Barre syndrome. I don't know what that is. Nerve endings and stuff. He lost all feeling in his legs. They say that it is temporary and that it, but as far as that kind of long haul symptom suffering stuff. Right. He's in it now. Uh Good luck, Chris. Yeah, good luck, Chris. Here at the High Gain, we are pulling for you. Absolutely. What are you drinking while you're pulling? I'm pulling and drinking kale, grapefruit, orange, apple, and ginger. That sounds pretty good. No beets. No beets and no carrots. I don't mind the taste of the beets. Uh Uh-huh. And I kind of like the taste of the carrots. Yeah. But I prefer the color of just a pure kale grapefruit. What color is that to you, Ed? Like a baby food green. Split pea soup? Pukey green. Yeah, I don't know, man. When you throw the orange in there, though, it's just kind of weird. The beet does turn it just into, like, blood juice, which is kind (sighs) of cool. And I'm having a cup of coffee. Of course. Myself, I've got an orca beverage today. Okay. I've got a cock and bull ginger beer, and I had a little beverage fail. Oh, no. I poured it in to chill, and apparently it started to freeze. But you know what I did? Hmm. I, too, have coffee. So I have the cock and bowl ginger beer beverage right up against the hot coffee cup. Maybe you could put the cock and bowl into the coffee cup. That's science. Yeah. You've got a walrus audio. Julia? It is. Yeah. A little bit of 1981 dirt. Yep. Okay. so yachty ed yeah this is an alamo titan guitar i love it yeah it probably was white i think it probably was some sort of white that went yellow over time yeah over the years it's also got the kind of what do you call the lines in the crazing crazing it's got the crazing going on on the body nicely though it's got that wear that you want in a guitar it's pretty nice a lot of people don't know much about alamo guitars I don't know anything about them. So I thought I would tell you something about them, Ed. (laughs) Okay. You want to go to New Jersey with me? I love it there, John. Yeah. Let's go to Newark, New Jersey. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a guy, his name is Charles Eilenberg. 
First time on the show. Yeah, Charles. Chuck. Chuck. Oh, no. Yeah, it was uh, 1996. Okay. Born in 1912. He had a run. Yeah. After high school in Newark, New Jersey there, he wants to pick up a trade, study some stuff. So he heads out to, of all places, Milwaukee, you know, in Wisconsin. Yep. And decides to study at the Milwaukee School of Electronics. What year is this? Born in 12. Okay. Depression boy. Yeah. He does well enough that when he gets back home, he gets a job at a radio station in Jersey City, New Jersey. That's great. Little anecdote. Yeah. Also working at the station at that point was a young Frank Sinatra. Oh. Frankie got fired, according to Chuck. Yeah. Because he couldn't stay in tune with the band. Oh. They canned him. I watched Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. All Rat Packy style, you know, the original. That movie fucking sucks. It is dog shit. These guys crooning, it's terrible. Hey, let's have cocktails and pinch some asses. Exactly. And they cut away and they've got to introduce Sammy Davis Jr. And he's a bus driver, I think. Oh. He's in a parking lot with other bus drivers and they just break into song. The entertainment of that period, not into it. Nope. Ed Peterson? Nope. So Frank Sinatra? Good he gets fired. Yeah, exactly. Chuck got a job at the radio station. Yeah. He's electronics dude, not on-air personnel. That's right. Tech guy. Okay. But then World War II, and everybody's volunteering to do their bit. Right. So he ends up in New York City at CBS, tasked with coordinating communications between large warships. There was ship-to-ship stuff in the Titanic days. They can talk to each other. For sure. But if they need to receive critical communications from land... From Sinatra. Yeah, people are trying not to get blown up and the Rat Pack's having another highball. There's clearly a lot of movies with those guys in them. Maybe Oceans is just not the example you want to start with. I don't know. I don't think it's going to matter. I kind of have a feeling that's the case. Any role where dudes just start busting into song randomly in parking lots, I'm going to hard pass on that one. Yeah. Soon enough, Ed. Yeah. The old World War II is over. Mm -hmm. Our man Chuck gets recruited by this guy named Milton Fink. Okay. Milton is down in San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Not quite sure how he figures out who our man Chuck is up there in New Jersey. I have no idea. The world was different back then, John. It was kind of different. Milton owns a place in San Antonio called Southern Music. He does like music publishing and instrument distribution. He doesn't really make anything, but he wants to make stuff. So he gets in touch with Chuck and says, well, how about you come down here and we can set up manufacturing of something? Sure. Yeah, all right. So Chuck moves to San Antonio. Okay, what are we going to manufacture? Well, what couldn't people get? Battery-operated radios. Okay. Record players. Okay. Yeah, I guess those were hard to get. Okay. And I guess that's where Chuck comes in with his electronics experience. He could probably design the circuits or whatever's needed for these things. Sure. So that's what they begin making. And cases for them. Yep. Guess we're going to need a case with wheels to carry my radio to the party. Portable, like in air quotes, right? Because they probably weighed like 250 (laughs) pounds and, you know. Yeah. So the business was like half electronics, half cases. And they did okay. This was 1947. Okay. By 1949, 
they're tapping into that Hawaiian music craze. Yep. Let's buy a little amp. Let's buy a little lap steel. We can go take the classes at the place and yep. learn how to do the hula music. There's an iceberg coming. 52 electric guitars. So these guys, they don't even see it coming. It's out there. They don't even know it's going to hit them. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. I'm ready. So they begin making amps and lap steels. They have various models. You can buy them separately or as sets, as I mentioned. What's the brand name on these lap steels? The brand name is Alamo. Okay, because they're in Texas. Because they're in Texas, yeah. God bless the Alamo. Yeah, the Alamo. Right. Their distributor was a company called C. Bruno and Sons. Oh, sounds Jersey. This is why I bring it up, Ed. Yeah. Way back in 1832, this cat, Charles Bruno, shows up from Germany and ends up eventually in New York City, where he partners as a kind of distribution arm for Martin, Martin Guitars. He makes a deal with Christian F. Martin in 1838. Crazy. I don't think that partnership lasted very long, but the company did, until they were eventually acquired by Command. Oh, Command Aerospace, this is Mr. Ovation. Yeah, Ovation, uh, Takamini. Yep, sometimes I remember. I'm starting to get there. Yeah. The first new acoustic guitar I ever bought was a Takamini. You've still got it. I still have it. It's a very cool guitar. When I moved to Colorado, the neck started kind of warping. Yeah. It's very dry up there in the mountains in Colorado. Oh. So I sent it back and they rehumidified it and did all that stuff. But I sent it back to the distributor, C. Bruno and Sons. How weird. Yeah. Nowadays, throw it in the garbage, buy something else. Yeah. Anyway, that's what Alamo was up to. Okay. They were even selling stuff down in Mexico, Central America, South America. Sure. They even had some distributors that had their own airplanes that would fly into Texas, pick up some shit, and then fly back down. Sounds sus, as the kids would say. Sus? Yeah. You know, we're just going to fly in and do a little drop-off and pick some stuff up, and you don't worry about it. Whatever. Right. So they're doing well with all of this. In 1953, they have to relocate to a larger facility. That's how high the demand was for these lap steels. And they start OEMing. Okay. They're making lap steels for our good friends over at National and Supro. That's what I was wondering. Okay. They're slapping the National and Supro names on them. Business has increased that much. Right. Good for Chuck. Imagine, you start out in Jersey, and now you're down in Texas. Moved down to Texas, bought some cowboy boots, bought a hat. As far as I could find, he never left. Real local guy. I guess it suited him just fine. Yeah, sure. In 1956, they think, let's start manufacturing guitars in addition to the lap steels and the amps. Well, we're going to need to tool up to do that. So it takes them a little bit, and they move to an even larger factory to accommodate the resources they're going to need. But they do it. They release their first line of solid body guitars, one of which I have here, in 1960. This is a Titan Mark II. The thing I like about this is they made everything. The bridge is interesting. This is their own bridge design. They call that the Acratune Bridge. Oh. It's like a folded, stamped piece of metal, but it has adjustable screws on either side. So how wide open that fold is, is up to you. The saddles are non-adjustable. In fact, this just has a hump that the strings go over. So, like, for AccuTune, that seems 
maybe just the tiniest bit disingenuous. Hey, man, don't be leaning into Chuck that way. I'm just saying. I should tell you that the pickups are even designed by Chuck. So those are single coils? These are single coils. If I put this down into the bridge and turn up the treble, you're going to hear a very distinct sound of the time. I think it's kind of nice, very unique. With that kind of hollow sound, it takes the dirt well. They took two pieces of wood and laid them over a chambered out shell of a body. So this thing is very, very light and mostly hollow. It's not an offset shape exactly. It's kind of stratty, maybe a little more like a Mustang shape, a little bit, but less offset than a Mustang. There's almost like a coronet feel to it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, coronet. That's a super good pull. You could go back and listen to episode 42. And that Epiphone coronet was Ed's guitar of the year, the first year we did this show. Yeah. The 1959 coronet. Ed Peterson loved it. Mm -hmm. So this is reminiscent of that, kind of. Yeah. Three on a side headstock. Clusen, three on a side headstock. They wouldn't do that for so very long. Yeah. After a while, they'll switch to the six on a side. Yep. Also unusual for the time, this fingerboard has big block inlays in it, and it is ebony. Not bound. Not bound, no. Okay. And bolt-on. Bolt-on neck. Yep. What do we know about the Alamo? The actual place? Yeah, in the battle. Uh, Some people died there. Yeah. Davy Crockett was there. Jim Bowie with the Bowie knife. I gotta think that everything down that way is probably called Alamo. Yeah. Just like Georgia, everything has something to do with peaches. Sure. It seems like it's one of those things where it's a battle that gets referenced, but I think it's kind of lost to modern Americans. It had to do with the Mexican-American War, yes? We took Mexico from the Mexicans, and then General Santa Ana, I believe it was. Said, not in my house. Yeah. This is maybe the first Alamo I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't think until I saw this guitar I had ever heard of the brand name. There's a reason for that. Okay. By 1965, they kind of consolidate what they're doing into three main lines. There's the Artist series. It sits right in the middle. So there's a Titan Mark I and Mark II, and that just denotes how many pickups it has. At the top is the Professional line. Okay. They call those the Eldorados. At the bottom is the Fiesta. Party line. Party. It has dot inlays instead of the block inlays. Rosewood fretboard. Okay. Sticking to this Titan Mark II, how much, Ed? Mid-60s was the Titan Mark II. Oh, my God, John. We haven't done this in probably a month. Let's say $1965. How much? Come on, Ed. This guitar was $242. And 98 cents. This guitar was $119.95. I went almost exactly double what this guitar cost. In today dollars? Yeah. It's about 1100 bucks. Okay. So this was actually a very cheap guitar. This was totally competing with the Chicago low-end guitars. I think so. They didn't make very many of these, Ed. Their bread and butter is still, at this point, Those amps and those lap steels, they're making all kinds of different amps. 
So by the time they're done, they make a thousand a year, which isn't very many. No, which might explain why I've never seen one, had not heard of them, don't know anything about them. Huh. Okay. By 1967, they revised the guitar line again. The professional series only has one guitar in it. It's called the Toronado. Mm. And there was the Fury series. More offsetty jazz mastery. Really? Oh. True solid body as opposed to kind of hollow. I dig this one. I dig it. Since it's semi-hollow and it's got the kind of metallic-y single coil, it kind of balances itself out pretty nicely. If I roll that tone all the way down, it'll probably... It's not my thing. No, I think all the way up, and you have a serviceable kind of... Good kind of surf, punky guitar. Yeah. Surfy punk rock garage dude just wanting to slam on a guitar. This is it. And it seems like it is staying in tune, which kind of surprises me. Yeah. These things with the little tuners and the funky bridges. Yep. And it's fairly quiet. I'm not hearing an egregious amount of 60 cycle hum that you get sometimes. Yep. Seems to be all right. You know what else they did in 67, Ed? I don't. Imagine this guitar. Yeah. This Titan guitar. Uh-huh. As a kit. Okay. Hey, I want to buy that Titan, but $119.95 is a little too rich for me. Oh, a kit of the guitar. Yeah. You put it together. Yeah, you assemble it oh, yourself. cool. It was custom electric guitar kit number 00010. That's cool. <laughs> I would love one of those kits, like from the day someone just forgot to open it like a box from 1967 or whatever never assembled yeah that would be killer dropping in a couple of pickups and screw the neck on remember when valco got bought by k yes and then they both went under yep they had a big bankruptcy sale oh sure i guess we gotta sell all our shit yep our man chuck mr eilenberg drives on up to chicago Sure. And he buys as much stuff as he and a couple of dudes can fit in their cars and drives it back down to Texas. Of course. All the K-Harmony Valco stuff he could fit in the car. He knows a deal when he sees one. Here's a tip for anybody looking at these old Alamo guitars. If you see any parts on them that you suspect are old Valco parts, maybe you don't want to think, oh, I wish it had the original parts. It looks like somebody just swapped out for this Valco stuff. That might have come that way originally huh? out of the stash that Chuck got in Chicago. Can I tell you something, John? Yes. We've done these old Chicago guitars. We've done a lot of cheap 60s entry model. Everyone was slamming these guitars out. Yeah. The Harmony Silhouette. We did the old one and then we did the new one. Right. I did not like the old one and the new one is so much better. This guitar? Yeah. Very into it. It's pretty cool. In a way that I am not really into cheaper guitars from that period that are just flaky. This guitar is cool. This is the one I would buy. It's pretty nice. Yeah. And they can still be had for reasonable prices. Yeah. And for something that's got an ebony fretboard and is kind of semi-hollow chambered out. Yep. I think in this price range and for what was being made at that time, you didn't see much of that. Yeah. This was the heyday of guitars. Like you said, down there in San Antonio, they couldn't have seen what was coming. Right. The Beatles on Ed Sullivan, all of a sudden, wow, we are in the middle of a guitar boom here. Right. 
Doesn't seem like they really did a good job of capitalizing on it. Probably no small amount of me liking this guitar is because of that. If I had seen hundreds of these things, I'd probably right. be like, meh. The rarity of it certainly adds to the appeal for me. It's probable that there are way more Alamo amps and lap steels kicking around than their solid body guitars. Yeah. They were doing those for longer, and they made more of them over time. Right. Hanging out at the Alamo making Alamo guitars didn't go too well the year after Chuck gets back from Chicago. Yeah. They ceased making guitars. This was 1970. They kept making amps till about 82. I might be the guy who just collects Alamo guitars now. Well, if it makes your decision any easier. Yeah? Christopher Cross. Okay. Born and raised in San Antonio. That guy. Yeah. Native son. Native son of the Alamo. Yeah. That's great. More Yacht Rock, John. Yeah. Did I tell you how many they made total? 1960 to 1970, across all the lines? I think you were saying like a 1,000 a year, so 10,000 guitars. Yeah. I suppose if you divide it evenly across all of those lines and models, it's not going to be very many of each one. No. The Titan Mark II in this color, who knows how many there are. Yeah, that's the... This is the Titan, Titan. Mark II. Mark II denoting the two pickups. Okay. Anyway, Ed. Yeah. That is Alamo Guitars generally. And the Alamo Titan, specifically. What do you think of that? Buy it, deny it. Uh-huh. This is the first where I'm just like, straight up, buy it. This guitar, I'm very into. Me too. Weird. I think we've done a bunch of really expensive boutique guitars, and I'm like, nah, I'm not into it. This, probably the cheapest guitar we've done in a while. I love it. Isn't that interesting? So many of these guitars have so many problems. Yeah. But this doesn't have any of those problems. Yeah, it's cool. If I take this thing into our good friends over at Sputnik. Sure. There's really no downside to that. None that I can see. Throw the Dark Star on. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Where can people find out about us, Ed? If they go to the high gain, they can click on a link thing. Is that true? <laughs> Ed is super savvy. Yeah. I don't even understand what you just said. Yeah. That's how geeky that was. Link something? Check out the high gain on Linktree if that's the thing you want to do. Oh, do you go to Linktree? You can. Can you get our Linktree thing on the highgain.com? No. <laughs> Go to Instagram. Yes. Click Linktree. Yes. And that'll take you to everything else. Pinterest, LinkedIn. Yep. Facebook. Oh, sure. Yeah. Twitter. And in a lovely piece of recursion, Instagram. Ooh. Yeah, click our Linktree link in Instagram. There will be a link to our Instagram. That is great. Yeah, that's it. So uh, until next time, Ed. Yeah. Have a nice time. Good luck and God bless, John. Thanks. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.